Welcome to Radio by Jack Roberts. It is our mission to bring you inspired conversations with the world's inspired minds. We host wide-ranging discussions on business, entrepreneurship, health, wellness, mindset, and much more. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Our guests today are Bianca and Bridget Rochasano. These sisters have built and leveraged their social media brand, Melbourne Stylists, to create two successful businesses. Bianca and Bridget, a women's fashion label, and Booby Tape, the world's first breast lift tape. Bianca and Bridget, welcome to radio. Thank you. Hi, Jack. Thank you for having, for having us. So excited to have a chat today. Um, you guys have got a pretty, um, a pretty unique story and a pretty cool one as well. Um, I wanted to sort of start on a bit of a personal note. Um, I guess a lot of my guests and sort of entrepreneurs have a bit of a morning routine or a structure or a way they work, in, uh, they work into the day. Um, what do your mornings look like respectively? I could definitely say for the both of us, I know the first thing we do, and if it's not throughout the night, is check our emails. What do you say, Bianca? Yeah, and I know, like, I listen to so many podcasts and every successful person that I listen to, they advise against this. We can <laughs> usually wake up, do some meditation, but Bridget and I are still at that early aspects, eager part of our business where we wake up first thing and it's emails at about 6 a.m., I would say, Bridget, emails 6 to 6.30, then some type of exercise, which is usually like a walk, Mm -hmm. Um, PT a few times a week, healthy breakfast, and then we're in the office sort of by like, say, 8 a.m. It's obviously a little bit different to the the hyper-structured, I don't know, um, like your Tim Ferriss's and your Gary V's of the world were preaching their sort of their routines and like, oh, get off the phone and everything like that. I what, know. Why do you think that that, um, why does it work for you? Because obviously you wouldn't do it if it didn't work. Well, I, I think, think as, I think as well though, we're, we deal as everyone does, but international a lot. So as soon as we get up in the morning, we're so eager to see what is, what, you know, what's happening with all of our emails from overseas. So that's just like mm-hmm. the first thing that I want to see when I wake up. So we deal with time zones. So we wake yeah. up and first thing we have to deal with US. And then once yeah. we get the United States over, then we work on Australia. Then at about 5 p.m. to 7, we kind of have a break. And then we start with Europe and the UK till about 11. So our days are quite intense. And Bridget and I, we've got this, like we're very efficient. So I don't know, it's just kind of like a habit that we just want to get back to all of our international customers first thing in the morning. And like I said, we're still, the business is we're still very hands-on and we do a lot ourselves. Obviously, that, that US time zone yeah, it can sort of be the hardest when you're in Australia because you, you only get really, a well, if hours. they're working nine to five, yeah, you only, like, unless you're up at, like, what time would you have to wake up? Like, maybe, like, 1 or 2 a.m. in the morning. Um, you know, pretty much by the time it's 9 a.m. this um, 9 a.m. our time, it's sort of the end of the close of business Look, for the yeah, US. We, so, we deal with LA, which is okay, but the East Coast, like New York, is really tough. Obviously, you're dealing with the, you know, the practical realities of your business and it's exciting to speak to someone. Um, you, you know, you girls are obviously still operating your business um, day to day and, and you're in it, you understand the mechanics, which I think for people that are listening that sort of want to start their own business, it's a great, um, it's going to be a great episode for them to tune into because um, you're probably going to really be able to tell us how to make things work on um i think a lot of you know a lot of podcasts you can listen to people and you know they've got like 100 200 staff 
Um, but what people often really want to hear is, well, how hard do you really have to work at the beginning? Yeah, yeah very hard. <laughs> yeah, very hard. <laughs> very hard. So we still have that problem. I would, would you say we're both quite controlling, Bridget? So mm. we like to really be hands-on with everything. So that's why, like I said, I listen to all these podcasts to get inspired and they're like, don't touch your phone, just ignore it, go and meditate. My brain, like I, I can't relax and do that if I know that I've got urgent business that, you know, it, if you don't reply to something in our situation within that first minute in rising, then that can be a whole other day delayed. So we would rather, that's just how we operate. It's very admirable, particularly, you know, it's something that isn't spoken about um, enough. I, I guess there's probably been a, maybe, well, you would have noticed early days. Um, I know when I sort of started getting into business, it was like that hustle culture, like work every single minute of the day. Yeah. And now we've sort of got the wellness movement, which is taking over. So everyone's like meditate, yeah. do yoga. It's important not to lose the message of you have to work really, really hard if you want to go something um, that gives you, a great lifestyle or gives you all of the other benefits that, that business can afford you, there's still definitely hard yards to be yeah, done. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things that caught me in there is you obviously, um, you know, you're working across all the time zones. How do you divide your time between all of the different projects you're working on? You've obviously got, um, you've got the label and then you've got booby tape and now you've got um, booby tape skin as well, which we were talking about on the phone um, a little bit earlier. Um, take me through how you, well, firstly, take me through each of the three businesses and what they are and what they do, um, and then how do you find you sort of divide your time between the three throughout the day? Yeah. Well, we Bridget and I are really huge lists, like to-do list people. So <laughs> part of our then routine is we're going to work and we would check all of our emails and then we'll make lists and then we'll divide it up. And there's no particular business that takes priority. It's kind no, it's of like like what needs an, to be done gets what done. What needs to be done. Like, for example, like at the moment I'm like our, you know, our um, summer collection needs to be in by next Wednesday or whatever it is. And so then we'll know that that's what, you know, that takes priority, priority at the second. And then the next thing is like booby tape skin. We're still wait, waiting on some different packaging for some of the skin that we haven't launched. So, you know, and then I've got a note for next week. I need to have the packaging on my desk. So we just, it's just like a whole list process and cutoff dates. And that's kind of what we work towards. Like, yeah. So I probably should explain what the three businesses are. So we have Bianca and Bridget, um, which is a clothing label. So Bridget and I were fashion stylists. We were styling celebrities all around Australia for about seven years. So we sort of naturally evolved into a clothing label as that's where our passion lies. And it's priced at around $300 price point. Um, and the philosophy behind the label is basically anything that we would dress our celebrity clientele in which we used to only dress in super high-end. We would dress our styling clients in twenty dollars to $30,000 gowns. So the, the, the philosophy is that we would design beautiful clothes, we would dress celebrities in, but it's for the everyday person can afford. So Bianca and Bridget has evolved into a household Australian brand um, label with over 50 stockists around Australia, which we're very excited about. And, um, yeah, we're working on this. Just every collection just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Do you want to talk about Booby Tape, Bridget? Yeah, so Booby Tape started um, in 2018 and pretty much just from a struggle, a lack in the market. Um, for myself, I am quite large, naturally large busted. I'm an F cup, so um, I can't wear anything low cut or backless. Like I always have to have a bra pretty much. So 
I was struggling and I was going to Bunnings and finding like all these electrical tapes, gaffer tapes and strapping myself up so that I could wear a top that was, you know, that that, um, you normally couldn't wear a bra with. And then I was like, why haven't I just bought a boob tape online? So I started Googling breast tapes, booby tape, and nothing came up. And I'm like, I cannot believe nothing in the world exists for a breast tape like surely other women have these problems like surgery cannot be the only option here so then I was like Bianca have a look we can't find one she didn't believe me so she I didn't believe yeah. her so she jumped I on. started googling I said Bridget impossible it's such a common like it was a technique that women had been using for years mm. however there was not a tape actually designed for the breast it was more like let's use duct tape let's use masking tape something incredibly harsh on the skin. I said, there's got to be a boob tape. Yeah. That's literally. I was going yeah. to say, I don't think you meant to put like. No. Like, obviously don't have the uh, the, the personal experience <laughs> in that department, not. but like duct tape on I re- duct tape on your breast does not sound like a particularly comfortable oh, situation I to me. one year at the races, I was standing there and I'm like, my skin is burning. <laughs> because from the, from the tape from bunnies, I was like, oh my God, I could just feel the itching and the burn. Like it was so bad. But Bridget would make me, we would drive to Mitre 10, to Bunnings. Mm. Like we've done these last minute because it's such a, <laughs> booby tape is like a last minute essential. Like I yeah. get my friends, husbands, boyfriends. My wife made me drive to now Chemist Warehouse, um, booby tape stocked in Chemist Warehouse. And we had to drive to Chemist Warehouse to go and pick it up for her last minute. You know, like it's, um, it really is a last yeah. minute. Yeah. And it's so essential. convenient now it's in every Chemist Warehouse so that everyone can get it last minute, which is just yeah. great. So anyway, so that's how we then started to develop the world's first breast lift tape, booby tape. I, I'm just, I'm just imagining this picture of like it's pre pre races. You've got your, you know, your your twenty thirty thousand dollar dresses. You've got all these beautiful accessories, and you're racing into Bunnings, picking up a sausage on the way in to buy some gaffer tape as like the last part. Literally, that's exactly what we do at Bunnings. Yeah, you can't go without a sausage yeah. for sure. <laughs> You've um, you've definitely, uh, I guess, made the process a little bit more uh, glamorous and, and accessible for um, all of the ladies out there and probably made it a little bit easier for, for us guys to, to do the right thing and be able to help out um, as well. There's definitely more chemist warehouses around the corner than there is, uh, than there is Bunnings yeah, warehouses. Um, I guess, so obviously you, you discussed the price point with... Um, Bianca and Bridget mm-hmm. being a little bit more elevated um, at, at around three hundred dollars, and then um, booby tape is that twenty one ninety nine. Twenty one ninety five. Twenty one ninety five. How did you sort of adapt? Because obviously there would have been a bit of a shift when you went from, I guess, a sort of quite a luxury product, then into you know more of a, a product where you're selling volume. How did that sort of change your? I guess your view on entrepreneurship and, and e-commerce. Yeah, it was that was huge for us because Bianca and Bridget, like, uh, I know, really loved selling... having something like as much as Bianca and Bridget is my heart, and that's like you know where we've stemmed from. Booby tape was just so fun and so different and quirky. It was just nice to work on something just so different. But it was so different to what we were used to in terms of scale and volume. Like, you know, we're getting seriously big orders for booby tape and even just, um, you know, we had to teach ourselves freight, customs, taxes, currencies. Like we've really learnt so much. We've really learnt on the job. Yes, we've learnt so much and like just totally different businesses. Like booby tape is now, we just did a count the other day, we're stocked in over 35 countries around the world 
and we have over 1,100 stockers. So that's incredible. We've, and we've, we've, we're trying to get to 20,000. So we have so much work to do. Um, you know, there's still some countries like we're not in India, um, you know, that we want to like reach. So there's when you're talking about a global business and scaling, there's just so much to do. So while it's a great start, there's lots more to come. I love that. Just keep yeah. going. I guess that's the all. It's, I guess it's all you can really do. And obviously, you know, you have such a. You, you can literally pretty much sell your product to, well, fifty percent of fifty percent of the world's population. So there's really no limit um, to where it can exactly. go. Exactly. Um, pretty exciting. Um, as far as obviously Melbourne stylists evolved, um, you know, out of sort of your passion for. I was going to say passion for fashion, but that's, that's sort of like a pun or something, yeah. isn't it? Um, <laughs> but sort of evolved um, and you develop this real brand around it. Um, obviously, we hear a lot about personal brand and, and building sort of a, a digital presence online. Um, how have you gone about navigating that space yourselves? When we started Melbourne Stylist, if someone was going to Google a stylist in Melbourne, what would you Google? Like, let's not, we don't like brand names, anything complicated very fortunate at that time that the domain was available and obviously you know we checked the domain the instagram and made sure everything was available and it was and then we just leveraged off the name and we think having a strong brand name and strong branding is crucial to the success of your business if you have a complicated name that no one can remember it just makes business so much harder so then obviously bianca and bridget that was we became known as like our name um our identity so that that worked well and then Booby Tape, we just think we thought that name was just fabulous. Um, and it's proved to be Booby Tape has been incredibly catchy. Like we have friends, three-year-old and two-year-old children who walk around saying Booby Tape, Booby Tape, like they think it's fun. They think it's quirky. So, yeah, we strong believers on building a brand based around um, like a direct need for that product. Yeah, and it's so funny because even now, yes. like now, that we've obviously had so many copycats come around, and it's like it's like a thing. Like they're all like, "We're selling booby tape," and it's like you realize, like that's our our name that we've made. Like it's a made, made up name type of thing, and everyone yeah. calls it now booby tape, something that never existed. That's now well, we the looked, name for it. We looked at boob tape, and then we thought, like, let's just make it a little bit more soft and friendly. Oh, we looked at breast tape, and we're like, that's a bit too serious. So then mm. we thought booby. Sounds like something your grandma buys, exactly. doesn't it? Yeah. Breast tape. So we thought booby tape yeah. was like a colloquial version, which was fun, and we already saw it straight away. Pink branding, girly, feminine. Um, and it's just our businesses embody everything that we like. Um, yeah, so that's what we've tried to build into branding. I guess it sort of leads into my, my next question, which was going to be about your passion. But, um, you know, you're obviously very – you've built brands that are very authentic to you, which um, – helps you obviously obviously stay very passionate and, and be working um you know working on them and in them all the time um but it probably also makes it easy from a um like a pr perspective because when you're out there speaking to people about them like they are you it is your personality it's sort of everything that that you would hope for it's not a almost like a contrived brand trying to fit to a a product that you yeah, just bought exactly off right. you know you found some product on alibaba and you're trying no, to make it work very authentic it's, sort of got like a little bit of you Definitely. in there and it's it, and it's too like bianca and bridget and booby taper too we believe too massive like in the markets that we really we wanted ourselves absolutely and even bianca and bridget when you buy a bianca and bridget dress i don't know any other label where you spend 
you know, $300 and it comes wrapped in tissue, it comes with a sticker. We get like a dust bag as if you were going to buy like a pair of $1,200 Gucci shoes, like our dresses come in a dust bag and then like branded, like, you know, postage as well. Like all of these things cost money and they add up, but that's part of our experience in getting a Bianca and Bridget dress. And that's how you would purchase and what you would receive a, you know, $1,100 or $1,500 dress in. So how we like to receive our products is what we're passing on to our consumer. Even when we do giveaways, competitions, we give away cash, we give away Gucci bags, anything that Bridget and I want, yeah, we I want our consumer to receive. Yeah. I'd love to just tap in, I guess, a little bit more on, um, I guess you touched on the sort of the packaging and, and the user experience a lot. That's something that's becoming very important. I think for the first time, um, the, the first time I saw something that was you're more buying, not as such the brand, but you're buying the experience for me um, was like using Mr. Porter and was the female equivalent, yep. Netta Porter. Yeah. When they send you, so Mr. Porter, like they do like a little handwritten card. It's not actually handwritten. It's like a, a font that they developed. Yeah. With their, they probably were handwritten for and the first And you know what, we did orders, that too. We did up. with a handwritten note as well. We love, Mr. Porter was a big, um, and Netta Porter was a big influence in our packaging. Yeah. Bridget, do you remember you found the um, source of those boxes? Yes. Because yes, you were I so did. impressed. Yeah. So we actually had like a Netta Porter, the same manufacturer making Bianca and Bridget boxes when we first started the business. But then we just decided to evolve I to f- dust bags because we thought it was a bit cooler. But we definitely did start with that Netta, Netta Porter inspiration, black and white. Yeah. I, I think that it, it just goes to show um, that I think particularly with e-com, when you're competing with a traditional retail experience and you're selling your product online, um, you're, you're obviously in stores as well now, but you, you have to have that, um, I guess, that, uh, that point of difference and that experience that you would get in the store, although it's coming in yep. the mail. Um, and that's really what you've encapsulated with the, with the product. Yes. And sorry, you know, I just remembered we didn't talk about booby tape skin. <laughs> well, let's talk about booby tape skin. Do you want to do well, that, Bridget? Or? Well, yeah, booby tape skin has really came, like, so we started booby tape and we've just realised, again, how much of a lack in the market there is for um, chest care, breast care. Like, everyone looks after their faces so much, but they don't realise that you have to obviously continue down the neck to the décolletage area and um, the breast area, and there is no skincare line for breasts in the world. So um, we just thought we really want Booby Tape to be a strong brand for women. We want them to have a one-stop shop for all of their breast care needs. And so that's how Booby Tape Skin has um, developed, how it started. And once again, like I know I'm 34 and I'm always looking at I'm trying to look after myself and I'm looking at anti-aging products. Mm. So I said, once again, I'm going to pass this on to my consumer. I'm sure they've got the same problems that I'm having. Um, You know, like the neck and the decolletage is like a telltale area for a woman. Um, you know, about like, their you, can age. See, you can see like a, you know, a beautiful, I don't know, 70 year old woman and her face is perfect, but she hasn't looked after her neck and chest and you can, then you can pick her age, which, you know, isn't a problem anyway, but. So we've you, spent you time, a lot of research um, devoted mm. to, you know, bringing the best products um, to our consumers. So we're very, very excited about booby tape skin. And it's been received already really well by all of our stockers um, on a global level as well. So very excited. So that's what we've been working on and we've come up with, Bridget, do you want to talk about the products? Yeah, definitely. So um, we have a whole line coming out. We've already released the pad 
and we have a pink Australian pink clay chest mask coming and we have a scrub a Himalayan pink salt scrub so far that's what we have coming for the line and firming lotion um this sounds very comprehensive um I'm certain that there's well I'm certain there's a market for it I've never seen a product um like it I've just been really obsessed with natural skincare um lately um in particular there's a couple of brands that I found that are really really cool so um obviously it's something that's um constantly like evolving the skincare the skincare space I think you'll do tremendously well have you started have you started retail yet Yes, Chemist Warehouse have just taken the whole range, um, but we haven't la launched the topicals yet. So it's basically just the 24 karat gold breast masks, which sold out in one day. We had a phenomenal response to that, and the medical grade silicon chest pad. They're both available now, at Chemist Warehouse online. Now, are you going to throw one of your epic launch parties for Booby Tape Skin? Yes, we definitely are. Um, it's kind of interesting because we were planning another launch party for to celebrate a distribution deal in the United Kingdom, which was supposed to be March 18th. So that has kind of been delayed due to coronavirus. So um, that's going to be really exciting. Um, Bridget, as a young entrepreneur, uh, what would you say to, say, a 16, 17-year-old girl thinking about taking the jump into her own business in the future? Do it. Don't keep because I, I, we, Bianca and I both wanted to do a fashion label for about seven years, and I wish we only did it earlier. A lot of my guests speak about overcoming a fear of failure um, or other personal hurdles on their journeys to date. Have you gone through um, any sort of, I guess, personal development on this journey, um, and what elements have you had to work on? Oh, like it's been a constant journey of um, self-development and, yeah, we've had many failures, we've had many knockbacks, we've had many, like many, many hurdles. Um, if you think that starting a business is easy and it's smooth sailing and you get sales like straight away, like it doesn't work like that. Don't be disheartened or disillusioned. It is really tough. And um, whatever, like say, for example, when you start a clothing business, we thought, oh, my God, we're going to sell 2,000 of these dresses in one day. You know, maybe we sold 10 or 15 or 20. Like it's never what you expect. And you realise to sell one dress or one product is incredibly hard work. So it's constant, constant work. Is there anything um, you've sort of found in particular um, that sort of stood out to you throughout the journey, like sort of particular challenges or anything like that? The the biggest thing that I learn and every single day is my communication yeah. needs to be incredibly, incredibly clear, whether I'm writing a contract, whether I'm inserting certain clauses, Even whether I'm describing anything or to our manufacturers in charge. Bianca, with a glance on your social media, it is evident to see how much you love to travel. Uh, what are some of the lessons you've learned uh, whilst experiencing the world? So... All of my pictures and everywhere that I post that I'm traveling, it's all work related. Um, yeah, so I'm very fortunate that our work has allowed us to travel a lot and it's something that I definitely love doing. Sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> what are the lessons like? I don't know. I just the lessons? found for me, um, like you were talking about just communication before. Um, yeah. Sometimes when I've been overseas, I've just realized how like, 
um, important it is even with English, like with someone speaking a second language to be just so clear, concise and articulate with what you say. Um, and you think, geez, like, do I always speak, you know, use colloquialisms or things like that when I'm speaking to staff or things like that as well? Um, sort of things that you've picked up along Absolutely. the way to transfer. Yeah, so I've found another thing like with my staff because I'm always on the run and I'm like I'm a big email. My emails are like text. My emails might be, you know, like four words or sometimes very brief and I'm like I need to give very clear, precise instructions, you know, in order to convey a message and to get it across. Um, so, yeah, communication is clear. And then with travelling, obviously Bridget and I deal a lot with China. So another example of this is, for example, we had our – we have our booby tape, like our colour, our Pantone colour. China thought that they could just, like, change, like, their Pantone colour. Like, there was some error in communications. Anyway, we got, like, 100,000 rolls of booby tape slightly off colour. So you can imagine the smallest mistake was, like, a huge problem for us, mm. and it all just comes down to communication, and especially with anyone who deals with the Chinese, and don't get me wrong, we love dealing with China, super grateful, but there is language barriers. And you do need to take that extra step to be very clear, get samples, annotate things, just make sure it's exactly what you are requesting. I think it's um, it's super important. You have to be very, very, particularly via email as well. Um, and I think it, we don't we don't realise how open English can be to interpretation until we send it to someone that, you know, English is their second or third even language. Um, and we realise, oh, if we don't say it exactly how it needs to be said, it can be completely um, misconstrued and you end up with obviously very costly mistakes sometimes. Um, Definitely. What is one piece of advice um, if you could go back to you when you were 18 and sit down with 18-year-old Bridget and give her a piece of advice, what would it be? My advice would definitely be give it a go. Don't worry. Like you can't, you have to take the risk. And I'm always, I always think of the worst case scenario. And even when Bianca and I first started the business and we wanted to do this for probably five years and my dad's like, all I hear girl is, girls is talk, talk, talk and no action. He's like, come to me, you know, like talk to me when you're actually going to do some action because all we would do is say we're going to do a clothing label, you know. Um, I wish we did it when we wanted to five years earlier and we took out a loan to start our business and we're like, you know what, it was $100,000. We go, let's just think of the worst case, worst case scenario, 50000 each, we pay it back and it was a learning curfew and that's it. So you just have to always think of the worst case, make sure you can, you know, get out of the worst case scenario and take that risk. Bridget, what's something that scares you? Um, something that scares me. It's like it scares me but it excites me, so the unknown. Mm. <laughs> I think it's a good one. It's almost yeah. an innate an, an innate human fear. Um, yeah. You know, like, I don't know, some kind of biological sense, but obviously, you know, with a business perspective or, you know, generally just a life perspective, it's something that we, I guess you can have all the plans in the world, but they don't always come together or things change and, and evolve and you just got to be nimble when things come up I guess yeah that's right and it's probably more a personal thing for me like I'm very routine and structured and I like to know what's happening I'm not like I'm I have friends that go overseas and they don't even have hotels booked and they're like oh we'll book it when we get there and we'll figure it out I'm like no 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 I need to know what I'm doing what day I'm doing everything so yeah kind of the unknown I'm not I'm not down with that I find that very interesting so obviously 
um, when you're managing your team, you'd have people that have different um, styles to you. So you've obviously got a superstructure working for you and everything sort of just plugs into that um, and makes you the most efficient. How do you go when you've got people that aren't sort of as, as structured as you are? Do you have any tips or anything like that for navigating those situations? Mm, our team's really good. Um, we're really like we all work off Trello, which is like I'm not sure if you know, it's like the checklist system. So we have checklists for the whole team and we prioritise. So we'll have like, you know, at the top, these have to be done today. These can be done by end of week. And as long as everyone's you know, ticking off and all flowing with that, where it all runs really smoothly. We're pretty lucky. Our team's really great. I love this question. This is probably my favourite question to ask people at the moment. Um, what are three practical 1% tips that people can implement in their everyday lives um, to level up? It can be business, personal, any way you want to go about it. So the biggest thing that I've learnt and that I would um, encourage other young people to do is to think big. Like the power of thinking big is just huge. Like when we started Ruby Tape, we said like the branding, the marketing, everything, this has to be a global multi-million dollar business. If you don't have that dream and that goal from the beginning, you have you have nothing to live up to. So I would definitely like – you have to think big when starting any type of business is one. Another thing is you have to have, for me, essential in business is a point of difference. So, for example, when we started Bianca and Bridget, um, my family, everyone said, you're crazy. Like I was a lawyer. Bridget was a graphic designer. They're like, you're going to go into the most oversaturated market in the world. Bridget and I drove down Chapel Street one day and we said, we think we have a point of difference better than that store, better than that store. We think we can actually ha- create a different type of, um, you know, fashion label. So we strongly believed in it and we thought there was a market for sort of sophisticated black dresses and we went for it. So point of difference is, I think, huge. And another thing that Bridget and I are extremely, we, I, I honestly, I think we're extremely good at is being efficient. So it is so important to get back to people to get things done in a quick, like a timely manner. If you let things go for days, it turns into weeks and then dealing with different time zones, you like you need to be efficient. Brid- the, the time frame that Bridget and I can start a business in, like not many people can. Like Bianca and Bridget, you know, like we started that business in, first product was done in, th- in three weeks and that's website built everything like, and that is just, you know, not stopping day and night to get things done. And you just need to have a sense of efficiency about you. So those three things, so thinking big, being efficient and point of difference, I think are all great grounds for, you know, to start a really successful business. I love those. Bridget, what is something um, after all of your entrepreneurial endeavours over the last few years, what's sort of the, um, the next frontier or something that excites you in the future? Oh, you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. And I feel as though with the, like even where we've started from Melbourne Stylist now to Bianca and Bridget to Booby Tape, like you just, like you keep developing. And um, like even I speak to some people in business and they're like, oh, I've thought of this idea, but I'm not sure. And I said, yeah, but you just don't know what that, that idea is going to bring from that. 
Um, so it's all a learning curfew. So there's, oh, I, I'm just excited for the next thing. We've, we've always got ideas. We're actually always registering business names that we come up with. But um, at the moment, we're just trying, like Booby Tape and Bianca and Bridget is just full on. So we're just trying to just nail that and then we'll start with the next things. So I saw um, through social media, your latest collection for Bianca and Bridget um, has just gone live. Is that correct? Uh, on, live or on, you just released it? On Monday. So it's, we just did a little sneak peek and Monday it's going live. Beautiful. What can we expect to see for the new season? What are the trends and, and things mm. like that? This season, that the, our collection that we're dropping on Monday is all about kind of sh- glitz and glamour. It's a sequins collection. So it's kind of sequins you can pull out of your wardrobe where we've really focused this year and especially what we've gone through on everything kind of being classic and timeless. So um, this season, sequins, they never go out and they're that really showstopper piece. So when you do have that next function, you have that showstopper piece to wear in your wardrobe. Um, if you could go back to 18 year old, um, Bianca, what would you, yes. what would you tell her? I would tell Bianca to, I was always, I always aspired to be an entrepreneur, but I was scared and I thought, oh, this is, you know, it's just so hard and I need to invest a lot of money to start a business. So I would tell 18 year old Bianca not to be scared to be confident in your abilities and to take the risk and to work hard. I wish I did what I did. I'm 34. I wish I did what I did when I, when I was 15 even. When I have children, I want to raise them and teach them that they can do anything from a really young age. I love that. I think age, particularly in this generation, is no barrier um, anymore. On both ends of the spectrum, there's also no reason why, like, someone at 65 couldn't literally start, like, a viral Instagram page and scale into a business as well. So... I think the internet's really, it's been a bit of a game changer as far as, as, as business goes and opportunity goes as well. We have a young cousin who's 15 years old and he just loves what we do and he always wants to learn and like ask us questions. And we said, why don't you start your own business? And he sort of said, what? And we said, well, why can't you? I said, you're 15. You can, we'll help you make a website. We'll teach you what we know about marketing. So we're in the middle of helping him launch a business and he's 15 years old and we think it's going to be great. So there's literally no boundaries. Um, the internet with e-com, it's sort of ageless at the moment, which I think is great. I can't wait to have him on the show. I'm sure. <laughs> um, let's go a slightly different direction. What's something that you're curious about currently? In regards to the business? In regards to anything. I, um, I had someone, I asked this question, someone said they're really into behavioural psychology at the moment. Uh, so it can literally be anything. You could be really into, I don't know, keeping up with the Kardashians. You could be really into <laughs> whatever, you know, a certain perfume you or know, something. I don't know. I'm really into learning at the moment and I'm really into podcasts. So I feel I've noticed when I'm doing exercise opposed to like I would usually make a playlist with music, like I'm listening to podcasts, I'm learning my brother's really into podcasts. He's teaching me and also teaching me about um, audio books as well and just the knowledge that basically you can learn in a 30-minute podcast I think is just absolutely mind-blowing opposed to having some, you know, something lighthearted on Netflix, which, you know, we all love but we're not really learning from. So I think when you're a passionate um, learner and there's the ability to learn more, I just feel like I'm at the beginning of this journey and I just want to absorb as much as I can. So 
I'm definitely curious about learning at the moment. I love that. What uh, What's the best podcast that you've listened to recently? I'm obsessed with um, Reid Hoffman, Masters of Scale. His entire, I've nearly done the entire series. It's phenomenal. Um, yeah, I love listening to like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and he's just so direct and like so frank with his beliefs. Um, the owner of Spanx who, yeah, she's absolutely, Sarah Blakely, she's absolutely amazing. The way she started her business is kind of similar to how Bridget and I started ours by, you know, she wanted to wear a pair of white jeans without seeing, you know, panty line, you know, seams. So she got a pair of stockings and then just cut off the bottom and that was like the first version of Spanx, you know, and now it's a multi-billion dollar business. Um, so, yeah, I just... Um, Sophia Amoroso as well, who was like the owner of Nasty Girl. Um, yeah, and it's just people who have been there have done it, their mistakes, and I'm finding that we're all having the same trials and errors. It's it's something that many entrepreneurs are facing the same problem. I think it's uh, it's remarkable how much you can, even listening to someone completely unrelated to your business, you can get so much out of it because the stories seem to be the same. There's the same, you know, pain points just um, articulated in, in a different way, you know, given the, the specificity of each person's business. Um, Absolutely. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Um, I'm going to wrap up now. Where can we find you online? You can find us at www.boobytape.com and www.biancaandbridget with a double T.com as well. And we're on Instagram as well. But it's been an absolute pleasure and thank you so much for the opportunity. It's okay. It's absolutely lovely speaking to you both. Um, and we'll speak soon. Definitely. It's been great. Thanks for having us. Thank you for tuning in to Radio by Jack Roberts. We look forward to bringing you another episode next Monday at 7pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. Until then, you can always subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or anywhere you get your podcasts. If you'd like to keep up to date with radio, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Radio by Jack Roberts. You can keep in touch with me on Instagram at Jack Roberts 8 or just type in Jack Roberts on LinkedIn.